Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Fitter and Faster Coaches Corner. As always, I'm your host, Mike Murray. Today, a guest that I've been trying to get for months. Very excited to have <laughs> Andrew Beggs on. You know, Andy, when we first met earlier this year in person for the first time at the, at the Tier Pro Series, you know, it came up that we were actually at Rutgers University right around the same time. So yep. maybe, maybe I saw you down by the grease trucks or maybe I saw you at a football game. Probably both. <laughs> you, or, uh, or probably on the pool deck too. For sure. You, you are going through a really exciting transition after doing a great job down in Georgia for a few years. You are coming closer to home and, and have just taken over a job as a coach at the Keystone Aquatic Club. Got a yep. brand new pool. We took our team down for your winter invite uh, a year and a half ago. It's awesome facility. You're going to have a lot of options there. Uh, and and uh, you've been doing a great job in our sport for the last three years. We're super excited to have you on today. And we're really going to talk about a, a lot of different topics, but I do want to jump in. You know, we're about the same age and uh, coaching kids is a lot different than it used to be. And today we're going to talk a little bit about how we develop relationships with our athletes, how we develop relationships with our families, how we build trust within our organizations to make sure that we're doing the right thing for these kids and we're creating the safe spaces for them to be successful. So really appreciate you coming on today, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. It's a long time coming. Absolutely. So one of the things that we were talking about in pre-production is if we could go back in our career from the start, you know, I think you and I were both hungry coaches. We wanted to learn as much as we could about physiology, about training, about stroke technique. But one of the things that sparked our conversation was you, you mentioned a question that we had in the Any Question app last week. And that was relating to creating positive and impactful relationships with your athletes. What are some of the things that you've learned throughout the course of your career or what are some of the things that you've noticed that have changed over the course of your career where this has become a super important part of your philosophy as a coach? That's a, that's a really interesting question. I think there's a lot there to unpack. Like, and, you know, you can go to any bookstore and you can pick up a physiology book. There's a billions of them. And you can go to, uh, you can get, you know, the science of winning by Jan Olbrecht and all that stuff. And they're, they're all that knowledge out there is is pretty endless. You can get information on stroke technique and all that, but I think it's kind of it's not it's not as easy to find a book on how to how to connect and and relate to your athletes because every single one brings a different you know uh, challenges to the table. Uh, so you know it's it's one of those things that you know like. I'm still trying to figure out, I'm still tr trying to figure out how to do that. And, and every kid is different. You know, um, I was listening to the interview with uh, Brett and uh, Brent Arkey. And I think at one point he, I guess, I don't know how the question was, was uh, mentioned. It was, it was about how he's different now as a coach. And he was when he was younger. And he was like, I don't want to say I'm softer now, but like, I feel like, I, I don't know another word how to, I don't know how to just another way to articulate what I want to say. Like when I was younger, I was fiery. I was hungry. I would pull the kids out. I would, I, I probably spoke in a tone that was probably not the best. And I think the older I get, the more I try to put myself in the shoes of the athletes to like, would I respond well to like somebody in my face, like yelling at me all the time? Like, so I, I feel like I come to every situation and um interaction with the kids with just more like a 
I don't know, an easier way of going about it, like in trying to figure out what, you know, I'm trying to figure out them and put myself in their shoes and how would, how would I want to be um, interacted with? I don't know. It's, it's, I'm rambling a little bit here, but. No, it makes, it makes perfect sense to not have the right answer for that. And I too listened to the Brett Hawk interview with, with Brent. And, um, you know, the thing that I noticed that, that I immediately connected with was Brent was talking about is after he had children, you kind of approach your athletes a little bit differently because as a dad, you know, when the kids ask me questions, I try to always answer them in a way where I feel like the message is going to be received. And so that changed my perception on how I talk to the kids on the pool deck. So if they're asking me questions or they're coming in from a tough day at school, I want to be a resource to where in my younger days, I was saying, hey, we got five minutes. You got to get, you got to start your, your pre-warm up. Let's get ready to go. That was yeah. the focus. And the focus really the last two years, and especially post-pandemic, has been really trying to meet them in their space. That's a quote that Alexis Keto said to me on one of the early Coaches Corner podcasts, and it's, it's resonated with me. And I really want to try to do that every day. Now, there are days where, you know, we got to get right to work. But for yeah. the most part, I'm encouraging our staff to, to engage these kids with whatever they bring to the table from their day at school. You know, I, I think it's talked about a lot. I think there's a lot of truth to it. Their experience of everyday life is vastly different than what we went through at that age. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, and I think just to piggyback off what you said, and maybe this is a better way of saying it, I think when I was younger, I... I think it was more about what I wanted to accomplish as a coach. And I think that I, the, the biggest part that I was missing um, was that it's their journey. It's not, it's not my journey. And so like, as much as I want every single kid to want to have that goal to be, you know, Olympic trials finalist and make an Olympic team, like, you know, that's, that's kind of like, the thing that we strive for as coaches, like, you know, what's your, what's your goal as a coach? But like the older you get, the more you realize that like, this is about the kids and the people, these are people that we're dealing with. These just, they aren't just swimmers and you have to coach that person. And I think that, you know, it's, it's more, I've come to realize that it's more about their journey, not my journey. And I guess me trying to figure out what they want to accomplish in, in that unique journey. Um, you know, I'm just here to help them and and kind of guide them on that path. Like, and uh, so you kind of remove the ego a little bit. You remove yourself from that process more, and you make it more about them. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate. Like, I, I, I we do have some athletes that want to do those things, but at the same time, um, just because they're not at that elite level, like, doesn't mean that they don't deserve the same type of attention and. And uh, like, you know, if they just want to be a, a district qualifier at, you know, Pennsylvania high school district, you know, I'm going to help do my best to help them accomplish that goal. And that's perfectly fine that they don't want to do anything more than that. They want to come three days a week. That's fine. Like I had a parent meeting this last Wednesday and I talked to the parents about the difference between an activity and a sport. I would love for all the kids to want to be and for the parents to want their kids to be involved in a sport. But a lot of times with these younger kids, like we're in club and developmental swimming, like, you know, two or three days a week, you know, some of these parents are putting them kid their kids in this 
as an activity just to get them, you know, well-rounded and to get them experience in the swimming aquatic environment. And, um, you know, I think if we wanted all the kids to be as committed as, you know, my fiance or somebody like that, then we wouldn't be able to pay ourselves. So, you know, just trying to figure out what everybody's journey is and what they're trying to accomplish and help them along that path. So. I, I so appreciate that. And as you were talking through that, <clears throat> this idea came in my head more of a thought really. And that thought is, isn't it interesting how, when we're young coaches, it's so much about success in the sport and how can we deliver a program that's going to take these athletes and create opportunities for them to be successful, thereby making us successful. And it's transitioned yeah. now after about 20 years coaching, it's transitioned to, this is about people building yes this this is less about swimming and our job is really much more about developing that person who's confident and has self-efficacy and believes in themselves so we've transitioned from swimming being a vehicle for their success and our success in the sport where swimming is a vehicle for us to prepare them better for life after the sport ends and and it's cliche, but like, uh, that's that's the truth. That's that's what it is. This is swimming is just a medium through which we're trying to teach life lessons, and you know it's, uh, you know I'm I'm super nerdy about swimming and I love swimming, but like that like we, we are more in in the business of developing people and those all the the all the things that we don't talk about like, and I think that's why most coaches struggle so much, you know, it, it took me 16, 17 years. I've been coaching since 2006 to, to get to the point where like, just now I'm starting to realize that like, man, like who cares about the physiology? Who cares? I mean, like it matters, but like, if I can't meet my athlete in their space, like what you said, and, and, uh, and all the rest of the stuff that it, it's, it's irrelevant, you know? So yeah, it really is. It really and is. I, and it, and I am so ignorant when it comes to this subject because I'm still, I'm just now trying to figure this out. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And, and, and hopefully, you know, I'm actually going to be attending a wedding on May 27th for a former swimmer of mine. And I'm like, how do you, de how do you define like how successful you are as a coach? Like you get a wedding invitation, you know, 10 years later, that's, that's how you, that's how you define how successful you are. Because, you know, if, if they want you to be a part of their most important day, then I think you've done a pretty good job, you know. That what a great quote. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down. That's fantastic. And you know, I know that um, you were able to celebrate with Jack Bowerly uh, a couple weeks ago, and, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame for your state. And uh, just recently had another celebratory dinner at the University of Georgia. Yep. And I was looking at a lot of the posts on Facebook from his former athletes. And almost none of them had anything to do with swimming. It was an inside joke that they had. It was, you know, remember at my wedding, you know, remember you were my first phone call when my son was born. I think those are the kinds of things that we need to start telling these young coaches how important it is to build the relationship with these athletes first. And you can learn physiology. You can learn stroke technique. You can learn what it's like to be on the pool deck and watch somebody make their first Olympic team and feel that energy course through your body, even if it's somebody that you never coached. Yep. You're there and you see it. 
yes, that moment is incredible. But at the same time, like if you never coach anybody to Olympic trials, but you have 20, 30 people in their 40s and 50s contacting you to say thank you or inviting you to their family uh, reunions and things like yeah. that. To me, you know, that's the measure of a great teacher. That's the measure of a great coach. Yeah, I have two things to, to say to that. So it was funny because we were in the parking lot after that induction and um, Jack had a former athlete. She was a backstroker. I actually think she is one of the coaches at Hershey. She helps out with Hershey aquatics at least their high school team i think but he was telling me that he pens a letter he writes a letter like every week to a former athlete i mean like that 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 says it all right there like how how often have we sat down and wrote a letter to somebody like nowadays it's just it's all electronic but there's so much more it's so much more personal you know like they're going to keep that letter forever that's what he said he's like do it like they're going to they're going to keep that letter forever um, there was, there's something else I wanted to say to that. Oh yes. So, um, a, a colleague of mine, she told me this, uh, a while ago, like probably in 2013, she said, training is science, coaching is art. And I think that pretty much sums it up right there. So like the training aspect, the physiology, the energy systems, how, you know, how you're planning your season and how you're writing your workouts and all that, you know, methodology concepts are few methods or many, um, you know, but just to have the eye and the intuition to be able to see like, ah, this kid, we got to, I got to pull this kid out of the water and he doesn't seem like he's having a good day and just have that personal connection. That's the, that's the coaching side of things, the art of, of what we do. And uh, I think that's, that's the unique part. That's the cool part, because like I said, every athlete's different. You got to figure out how to like be a chameleon and, and, and coach people differently. Like I think when I was younger, it was like, one way I was just, you know, guns blazing, you know, I'm probably through a few pace clocks in the, in the water at certain times, but like, now it's like, I'm so much, gosh, I, I wish there was a, 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 a word that I could think of. It's not soft, but it's just more understanding empathetic, I guess, is, is, is probably the best way of going about it. So I think yeah. empathetic is a great word to, to describe the change in, in the way that we look at our athletes, right? You, you mentioned it, right? When we were growing up, and and we were probably softer for the coaches that coached us, right? Oh yeah, so definitely. So when we were growing up, you know, think of my team's motto, right? Work works. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had to kind of change the meaning of that over time because when I was growing up in the sport, it was all about toughness. Toughness was the key ingredient, and the way that you learned how to be tough was that. <laughs> your coaches created scenarios or they had phrases that you just heard over and over and over again. So what did we end up doing, Andy? We kept everything inside. Right. Yeah. And so I think to myself sometimes, like, what if I had talked to my coaches a little bit more, like if I had communicated better as an athlete, I, I was so fortunate to have tremendous coaches. Yeah. I would have enabled them to have been better coaches for me. Right. Yeah. So that's the mindset that I try to take into it, you know, and um, when you think about, you know, the last 30 years in swim coaching, we've prided ourselves on, and I just had this conversation with David Arluck, yep. we've prided ourselves on not missing a day, right? Yep. We all, we all, we love saying that, right? Like, I, I don't, I don't take days off. I don't have sick days. You know, mm -hmm. that was kind of how we evaluated toughness. 
now in my 40s, I'm like, man, like we need to take a couple of days off. You know, instead of a week after Speedo sectionals, we're going to take two weeks. Instead yep. of two weeks in August, we're going to take three weeks this year. Instead of maybe having a crazy Christmas training session, we finish with juniors or whatever short course meet we take the kids to in early December. We say, hey, spend this whole holiday season with your family. Don't, don't train. And we'll get yeah. back at it. And we've got from, you know, the beginning of January till, till March. That's plenty of time to get ready to swim. Of course. And, and so, they're more successful. That's right. That's yeah. right. So it's almost like now I'm in this thought process where I think to myself, not how little can we do, but what kind of quality can we create inside of windows of time that's going to make their experience as an athlete successful and at the same time, allow them to experience life at a pace that's not furious with swimming all the time? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think in COVID was, was a great, I mean, uh, I think one good thing that came out of COVID was that we, we realized that we don't need the, to spend as much time in the water and we don't need to do as much as, as we thought we did to be successful. Like, um, yeah, this, I, I had a physiologist friend who, who told me like swimmers are like, are the best of the worst trained athletes. Like the, the, the better ones are the best of the worst trained athletes. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you guys do way too much. Why are you spend two hours in a pool every day, just swimming back and forth? Like, you don't need that, like to be successful. And and I, she's coming at it from a track and field background and, and from a, and which is, which is, is good. I think we need more people um, like, if, you know, that have that expertise um, in a different setting to give us some feedback um, from an outside perspective, looking in on, on how we maybe could be better or, or do things a little bit different. Like, and you won't know unless you try it. It's all trial and error. So um, it was, it's actually funny this past weekend, I, I told you I went to a Phillies game with a bunch of my buddies that I haven't seen in like, uh, you know, a couple of years or whatnot. And um, we ended up at this restaurant uh, back in the town that I grew up in. And I, I was looking over at the bar and I was like, I'm, my buddy who I swam with in high school was there. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's our assistant coach from, <laughs> from high school. So we, we, we ended up seeing um, my high school assistant coach. And then we called the, the our head coach and he came over. And uh, so we were having a couple of beers with my high school swimming coach and my high school assistant coach. And it was just like kind of full circle type thing. It was really, really weird. And, and there's so much value in that, right? Because of that shared experience. And um you know, if you don't create spaces for these athletes to have some time off to do different things, then, yeah. you know, it's a challenge. Like, I would love to go skiing during Christmas break with my kids, but it's it's almost impossible, right? It's yeah. almost, and we're doing doubles. Like, that's the time of year that traditionally and, and culturally, because of the way that we've set it up, we're doing an intense week of work that week, and it just doesn't work for my schedule. Now, you know, I've rearranged things in the past so that I can do some things like that. But think of the amount of family time that we actually are asking of our parents and athletes sure. where I'm sure there's some moms and dads in the programs that I've coached over the years that have been like, man, I wish Mike gave us a couple of days here at the holidays to just spend time with family. You know, a lot yeah. of my family, they, they can't travel to visit other people. They have to have Christmas at their house, you know, and. I, I honestly believe that as a whole, our sport has deprived uh, families of, of some of that quality time. And, and look, you can take time off 
and sure. and be super duper successful. You know, the amount, of time, the amount of time that Michael took off when he was going through some things and came back with with a better attitude and swam faster and and most importantly, perhaps enjoyed the process of the sport. Yeah. Right. And we we're, we're seeing it maybe right now with Caleb. You know, Caleb's mm -hmm. taken a little hiatus since World Champs. And, uh, you know, there are reports that he's back in the pool. What, what do you make of some of this stuff? Yeah. Um, uh, well, that's another thing. I think the older I, I get, um, the, the more I realize the value of, 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 you know, taking a day off or taking a day to yourself. I heard a rumor that uh, Greg Meehan over at, um, at Stanford, he takes Wednesdays and, and goes and golf on Wednesdays, you know, and like, that's just a day to himself. Like it, as a swim coach, you know, it, I, I, we don't necessarily put the, I mean, what goes both ways, right? So like we need to take time for ourselves, you know, to spend time with our families, um, you know, and it was something that I had to like, I struggled with a little bit, like back in my, my old team uh, in, um, in Georgia, you know, I would give them pretty much all of August off. Well, like they, they're in Georgia, they're back in school in the beginning of August. So it was just kind of like this culture of, we were just training, you know, like when I got to the program in 2016, they never really took more than a week off. And I was like, I want to change that because like the, you know, from my USA swimming, the, the schedule, how many meets are you going to in September? Not many, right? Like, no. so like we, we, we take all of August off. We take uh, a couple weeks after our short course season. Um, and I think last year I took two or three weeks off and, and just happened to work out with the, um, the uh, spring break schedule, but like, and it, we didn't skip a beat. Like kids were just as successful and progressed just as well. And I don't, I don't, I don't know about, um, I, our sport is, is tough. And so like to, to speak on like what Caleb and, and, and Katie Ledecky and, and all those people are doing, like, I mean, they've been involved in the sport and they've been swimming for so long. It's so, it, I think we don't appreciate it enough it's not talked about enough, like the ability for that athlete to be able to, to do what they're doing. I mean, I don't know when they started swimming. I know Leah, my fiance started swimming when she was four years old and, you know, she swam all the way up until 2012 Olympic trials. She was, she qualified for Olympic trials and she didn't go because she was just emotionally, mentally, emotionally, you know, over it. it was, and then she took six years off before she got back in the water. And within three months, she was going best times, you know? Um, so yeah, I think there's 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 certainly value, and I think it's more of a psychological and an emotional reset that's that's probably more um, needed and and than anything else than the physical side of things. And so, but yeah, for those athletes that have been swimming and like these elite level, like world class athletes that we have that are still doing it now, like it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And good for Caleb for taking time off and, and finding, you know, peace and, and developing that love for the sport again. You know, I, I heard a rumor that he might be going to Atlanta classic. Um, who knows? Um, so we'll find out, but hopefully he's in a better place mentally, emotionally, you know, I, I think so. And I, I'll tell you what, like, it's not like he hasn't gone through one of the hardest, most rigorous training programs in history mm -hmm. coming through with Greg Troy, right? So, yeah. and I think, I think Greg also values Caleb so much as a person that, you know, when they decided to, to go their different ways, 
it was about love, care, and respect for each other. Sure. And, and I think allowing an athlete to explore and find some time to do the things that they want to do. And, you know, one thing that I, I really appreciate about Caleb is he's really unapologetically himself, right? Of, of course. And, and that, that is such a, as a dad, that's something that I hope my kids get to that place sometime, right? Where they're not afraid to just be themselves and do their own thing. And, you know, if you, if you know anything about Caleb or if you've followed his journey, he has so many interests, you know, outside of swimming and, um, you know, kudos to him for, for not being afraid to go do those things. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that that's kind of, uh, unique for you and I is that our families are so involved in the sport. So, you know, for me, it was coaching my older three stepdaughters through the entire process. And now Madison's just looking at schools to swim at. Um, and so, you know, I've been through it all as a, as a coach, as a, as a stepdad, as a family member going through it. And your fiance has had an incredible professional swimming journey uh, mm -hmm. with you coaching her. And that, that is a really neat, unique thing. So talk about what you've learned through that. And you know, there's, there's gotta be a lot of times where it's challenging to see, you know, where certain roles uh, begin and where certain roles end. Right. Yeah. That was always the challenge for me. The it's interesting. Cause we get this question all the time. Like, how do you, how, how, what's the dynamic like of coaching your fiance? And, 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 and it, I think it comes back to what we, we started talking about to begin with. Like, I think the, the most valuable thing that you can create with an athlete is their trust. And so if, we have that through our relationship. And so everything else is, is a little bit easier. Like, I think the challenge for me is, is trying to be, you know, sometimes I need to know when to shut, shut up. Like, you don't need to say that. Like, uh, like you don't need to be like, yeah, you have the trust and you can say what you want, but sometimes uh, I toe the line of, you know, you know, probably, probably saying some things that I shouldn't say, maybe being a little bit too honest with her and, um, and uh, yeah, so that's the, that. I guess that's the challenge now. Is is you know, I think the 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 longer we go, the more I realize that like how little I have to do with 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 that. It's it's her journey, and she's doing what. I just need to get out of the way and just let her do her thing, and then to the best of my ability, because I struggle with this a lot, try to be a little bit more positive about everything and anything. You know, like, um, you know. I, I find myself, you know, probably not being as good of a coach as I I should be because of our relationship. And like, if I was coaching like one of my other athletes, like I wouldn't say half the things that I say to Leah when she's on the pool deck because she's she's my fiance. You know, I would probably um, be a, probably a little bit more positive. And and so I'm I'm trying to figure that out right now and 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 understand that this is her journey and and my 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 job really is. And the thing that I struggle with the most is, is, is that um, it is not the training and the science and it's, it's the interaction and, and knowing what, what to say and when to say it and when to shut, shut up. So I'm trying to figure that out right now. Yeah. Is, is what I'm going to say helpful or is what I'm going to say going to distract from the vibe that's working right now. And for her, you know, what's so neat about Leah's journey is, um, you know, it's for lack of a better phrase, she's playing with house money, you know, she's, an adult athlete and she's getting faster and racing extraordinarily well and making top eight finals at pro series meets. 
And, 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 you know, where's the end of this journey for you guys? Is, is this something that she right now, she wants to continue to do? Yeah. I mean, I, if I don't, I think if she, if she didn't want to do that, I think, um, I, if, if we're being honest, I think that she, she believes, and I believe that she still has the ability to be better than she ever was ever. And I mean, that was evident in the last, the last meet she was one of lifetime best 50 fly. Um, you know, and so the, the last couple of years have been hard. Um, like we, we struggled a little bit. We went to Mayor Nostrum, um, in 2021 and, or was it 2022? I forget. It was last year. And we probably shouldn't have gone to that meet because she wasn't, we, we were not doing the right things for her to be at an elite level, um, outside of the pool. Like we weren't living the lifestyle that was that, that you needed to live to be elite, and, you know, we, we were both honest with ourselves, but we had a great experience there. And then we kind of came back and reevaluated and we're like, all right, what are we going to do? Are we going to be serious? So like, let's change these things that we need to change outside of the pool, like the lifestyle things, because if you want to do X, Y, and Z, which I believe, and you believe that you, you are capable of doing, then everything else needs to line up with that. And like, so there were a lot of things that we, we changed, um, you know, and, and, and we can, it's, it, you know, the path to success is not linear. You know, there's been ups and downs along the way. And those, those things have been, you know, uh, teaching moments and, and we're learning from that, but you know, we're, we're moving forward. She's swimming great right now. You know, she's training great. We had a great session this past Saturday. Um, she's probably still tired from that session, honestly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is something that, you know, I think at 33 years old, like if you're going to swim at this level and you're going to do it, like you, you know, you're all in, you're either all in or you're all out at this point. So and it, it's, we're all in. It's super fun to watch. And uh, I'm definitely one of your biggest cheerleaders. I, 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 I watch her swim. I watch you guys interact. It's, it's really cool. It's really cool for you guys to honk at me Thanks, while man. you're driving down main street in Fort Lauderdale <laughs> while I'm walking two miles to the pool. Um, <laughs> but you know, you, you talk about uh, living the elite lifestyle and it's hard, right? I, I think a lot of athletes who break into that level after college, they start to realize like, if, if I'm going to be here, it's a complete lifestyle shift. And I know that <clears throat> you've been helping her with that. I saw you running when we were down in Florida. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, when you're an adult and you know, you, you have friends and you know, you, you want to have time where you can take a weekend and travel or, you know, go to a Phillies game and have some yeah. beers and hot dogs and stuff yep. like that. You know, that that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, what the, the thing that I had to, I had to realize was that like the way I operated within, within my lifestyle was like directly affecting the way that she was operating. Even if she was trying to like live the, the right way and eat healthy and not go out. And, and um, if I wasn't, then that's going to affect her. Like I can't come home at two o'clock in the morning and expect her to sleep well, you know? So it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we, we had it, this is a team, you know, and, and so my ability to support her through that journey meant that I needed to change some things and, and be healthy. Like I, I cut out alcohol for four months, you know, probably saved a, a crap ton of money and, and I got health, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to cut out sugar. Um, and, uh, I haven't run in a little while since with the whole moving, it's been difficult, um, but uh, there's some nice parks and some nice residential neighborhoods around the area. So I need to get back out there because that's the one thing that I haven't done since we got over here. I I lifted with the kids the other day. We started dry land and uh, we got, we've been fortunate enough. We have like this 
huge turf complex, uh, sports complex right across the parking lot from our facility. And, uh, you know, with like probably 27 different, like, you know, um, weight, you know, Olympic weight bars, um, you know, so I did some squats the other day and I realized that I'm, I'm 37 years old and my body doesn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't work the way that it did when it was 22. So, um, yeah, but trying, trying to, trying our best, you know, like it's, we are involved in the, in a sport where like, you know, health is so important. And I think that coaches need to understand and, and try to live that lifestyle as well, because, you know, if, if I'm unhealthy and I'm trying to, you know, I'm involved in a, you know, a healthy world, my athletes, like what kind of uh role model am I, am, am I for my athletes? Like, it helps if you if 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 you are living a healthy lifestyle for them to feed off of that, I guess. I'm so glad you said that because about a year ago this month, I, I totally changed um, my entire lifestyle around health and fitness. And uh, I, you look I ended, great, by the way. Thanks, dude. I, yeah. uh, I lost 62 pounds. Um, I started. Wow. Yeah, I started swimming again. I started being able to run, you know almost 50 mile weeks at, at my, my peak training. And it was, it was awesome. And I'm just getting back to it now. Um, That's I insane. Got, yeah. I got, I got the pool right down here that I'm jumping into. As soon as <laughs> we're done. That's um, a great facility, man. I need to get, I need to get up there and visit. Yeah, please do anytime. And um, one of the things that I, that we're going to start doing is something called the fitter and faster five, Andy. So if you had five yeah. things that you think are really important for coaches to consider, just give me a couple of them. It doesn't have to be five, but give me a couple things that you think are really important for coaches to consider in this swimming community of today. You don't know what you don't know. Um, I think is, um, but be confident in what you think, you know, um, because you know, you can, it, it's, it's one of these things that I've struggled with a lot because I think um, I, I made a post about this and but it's it's something that I've been thinking a lot more more about these days. Like we've been involved in this for a pretty long time. And I feel like the more knowledge you consume in a particular <clears throat> area, at least for me, the more knowledge that I consume, the more I realize and experience that, you know, the more experience I have, the more I realize I really don't know anything, you know, like, so it seems like a paradox. So you're consuming all this knowledge and you've been immersed in this in the environment and the sport for so long. <laughs> You would think like at a certain point, you're going to, you're going to become like a master at, at, at X, Y, and Z. And what you realize is the closer you become, the more knowledge you consume, the more you realize very, how little you really do know. And I think like 10, 15 years ago, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like, I basically have a PhD in physiology and especially when it applies to swimming. And now I'm like, you have zero, you have no clue how little knowledge you have in the grand scheme of things. And so my my thing is just like I'm I'm hungry to consume as much, um, and but but it's hard because when you understand that concept, you're constantly questioning everything that you're doing, and if you're constantly questioning everything, you're not ever really confident in anything, and so like I've I've tried my best to be able to speak confidently about what I think I know, but also admit to myself that I could be 100% completely wrong at any given time. You know, like the way we do things now, 
um, is different than the way I do things 10 years ago. And I'm in 10 years from now, I'll probably be doing something way different than I'm doing right now. And so, but at this point in time, I can't constantly be questioning why I'm doing what I'm doing. I just have to take all the experience and knowledge that I have up until this point and make the best educated decision that I can um, for, for what is right now. And then at the same time, continue to um, absorb knowledge and to be a sponge and talk to people and have more experience and let that experience shape you moving forward. Um, so yeah, I would five things. I mean, that's, that's one thing, like remove your ego from it. I think, um, yeah. Um, I'm going to help you with this one because I know how, I know how important it is to you. And I so appreciate it, man. Like you're one of my favorite follows on Instagram because you have hobbies that don't involve the sport. <laughs> like you're, you're into being creative from a culinary standpoint. I always see you making different things. And then you're a legit singer. Like you can play <laughs> Thanks, guitar man. and you can sing. Like, Thanks, man. It's a hobby. Uh, I enjoy it. Yeah. Talk about why that's important to you and, and your health and the sport uh, as a leader in the sport, as a coach of young people. Talk about why it's important to have those outlets outside of the sport. It was, it's interesting. I was at a, um, when I first got to, to Georgia in 2016, um, it was like 2017 um, that Sergio came on as like the associate head coach at, at Auburn or, and Brett was there and I had reached out to Brett uh, multiple times. And, um, he was like, yeah, like he sh- I shot him a text. Says, hey, come on up and like observe. Cause I just wanted, I mean, if I'm 45 minutes from Auburn, I want to like take this in. And at that time I had zero Instagram presence at all. And I was talking to Sergio and he, he was like, man, get on there and like show you, it's important to show people that you're a, that you're a human and that you're a person and that you, you're not some robot that just stands on the pool deck, you know, like that, that you do things outside of, the swimming community. And so I was like, well, okay, I'm going to start this, this Instagram journey. And I'm going to, I'm going to show people probably at, in the beginning, probably too much about my personal lifestyle. Um, I've, I've pulled back on that. I, I try to keep it PG now, whereas back in the day it was, you know, probably more. Uh, yeah. So anyway, you know, like I, every, they don't need to know how, you know, that I'm having a beer at, you know, XYZ restaurant every, every weekend, but um, so yeah, like I started that Instagram thing and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go down this journey and I'm going to show people who I am outside of the swimming world that like, I, I like cooking and, um, and I think, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know how I really got into the cooking thing. Um, it's just something that I enjoy. Like, I think it's, it's a creative process and, um, yeah. And then the music thing, I'm super passionate about music. So, um, you know, but it's just a hobby. Like there's, that was the great thing about living in Georgia, like um, the, you know, in the South that there's a, a more of a, a presence, I guess you could say. Um, and uh, yeah. It, yeah. I, I, I um, that, but that's it. Like I, I, I like cooking. I like, I like food. Uh, I'm super passionate about like wine and craft beer and all that stuff. So like, you know, like if, you know, there's, there's actually wineries and vineyards up here. So that's interesting and music. And and that's really it. Like it, it, and swimming that that's my lifestyle right there in a nutshell, music, swimming, cooking, and, and 
enjoying the experience of being able to go out with my fiance and my friends and enjoy a nice cocktail or from time to time. Like and, that's and, pretty and much it. A, a Philly sports nut. And, and uh, yeah, I um and I'm so happy to be back in that and immersed in that in that culture. I'm a little too close to the Pittsburgh side where we kind of the, the waters are a little muddy here. You know, we're and we're actually the Keystone uh, uh, Penguins. And so it, it's tough that our mascot is is a penguin, but um but yeah, you know, I'm I'm accepting it. Oh, the, but, the flyers, yeah. the flyers will give you some dispensation there, buddy. I, you know, and I actually played hockey growing up. I was actually, yeah, I was super passionate about the sport, like back in like the late nineties, but yeah, that was like the Lindros and the Claire and, you know, Mikel Remberg and Ron Hextall and all that stuff. But I, I don't even know who the players on the team are anymore. Like, and after living in Georgia for seven years, the, the sport of hockey is, is irrelevant right. down there. Nobody right. watches it. It's so, right. Yeah. Yeah, for me it was Mark Messier and Adam Graves and Mike Richter for the Rangers. Oh, okay, absolutely. Yeah. Mike Richter, uh, the goalie, right? That's it, buddy. Um, so you know, to kind of wrap some of this up, Andy, I, I think what you're doing in your role as a coach is much bigger than where you are because a lot of people follow you and they see how much you enjoy life and they see how much you enjoy coaching. Talk about how you've been learning how to balance the times when you need to be in coach mode and balance the times where you need to say to yourself, all right, I, this time I got to dedicate this to, to Leah and to my family. And this time over here, you know, this is swimming for you. It gets muddy a little bit because you both are involved in the sport. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when, when Leah and I first started dating, I was a huge swim nerd and she wanted nothing to do with the sport. Like we met as, <laughs> as coaches. So she was on one side of the pool. I was on the other. And um, in the beginning of our relationship, I was the, I was the one who was talking about swimming nonstop, like super passionate, like, um, and it was, it, I guess probably for, from her perspective, it was probably annoying. We probably talked about swimming. I probably talked about swimming too much. And now there are times when I'm like, stop talking about swimming, Leah. Like now it's, it's almost like gone like full, full reversal. So um, yeah, we, we try to, we try to balance it. Um, you know, we, we've, we've recently been talking about like just having a, a work life balance where like we um, can do things where we enjoy life. And so we're not like fully 100% like, just going to the pool and coming home and, and sitting on the couch. Like we, we do try to enjoy uh, and experience life outside of the, uh, the aquatic world and the pool as much as we can within, within uh, moderation. Like, um, you know, she got back from the pro series meet last weekend and we ended up dropping Mike Gobrek off at the airport and we were near Harrisburg. And I was like, what do you want to do? Let's, let's go to Trogues. And so like, you know, it's important to have that because I think if we were 100% where we need to just live this like elite level lifestyle that like, it wouldn't be good for our mental, like emotional, like, you know, so um, yeah, I think it's good. Like our, our whole life. And I think we, we are very unique in the sense that like our whole life revolves around swimming and there's no, and that's okay for us because, you know, it's, it's never like too much. You know, like we get our downtime in August, 
and we go and we travel and we visit and uh, people and 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 have you know experiences with friends and things like that. And so like, but yeah, throughout the year, I mean, like, I don't know. I think I, I don't know how else to say it, but we 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 balance the work life thing very well. And um, yeah. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. And it's fun to watch your journey. Like I said, what is up next for you guys? What do you got happening with Keystone this summer? What are you targeting? Yeah. I mean, I am so fortunate right now. Like, like this, 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 the last four months has kind of been like a whirlwind in a, in a, in a weird way, because I didn't, it wasn't like I was looking to leave Columbus. Like it was just the right opportunity at the right time um, if you would have asked me five months ago, where would I be in like three years from now? I'd been like, I'd be in Columbus, Georgia. Like it was a great, it was a great job. We had a great facility. We had a great coaching staff. We had great kids. Um, but you know, I think our heart was up here, you know, back closer to family. And that was ultimately the, the, the reason why we we're up here it was just right place, right time. So, and it's just like, at this point, like, it seems like it's almost too good to be true. Like I have a super amazing experienced coaching staff. Um, I was shocked at, at the level of expertise from from the staff that I that I'm coming into. Um, but yeah, so like right now we're we're just we're finally I can feel like I, I can say that I'm settled um, for the most part. But we're still trying to you know I'm still trying to figure out like the dynamic of how this team operates and how we can go about you know making it better and and uh, and moving forward. And um, we are very fortunate um, with all of the fun tools and things that we have. We have like 17 Destro Towers. Um, I, I have a partnership with with Vasa. So we have we have two two Vasa trainers now. We have an erg and a pro. We got the aquatic uh, or the field house right across the street with a perfect, you know, area to do dry land. And so like at at this point, like you know, central Pennsylvania has a rich history in swimming. You know, the the you know Pennsylvania in itself has a rich history in swimming, especially out of the Philly area, um, but but also in central PA as well, you know? And so I think that the culture is is here. If we want to be successful and grow this program, like, you know, um, it we can, we can make it happen. Um, so I'm just excited about the opportunity. I'm excited about, you know, growing this program. Like that's, you know, one of the the things that I was most excited about coming in here, like that the you know it it's it's a newer program, um, in the middle of Central PA, and we're trying to establish ourselves, and we're trying to grow a culture, and we're trying to you know get people to buy into to excellence through everything, and um, yeah, and 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 the the coaching colleagues in this area are are awesome. You know, we have I have a lot of uh, friends like my buddy Doug up at in Allentown and Emmaus, um. You know, we have John Nelson down there, there at York, Anthony at, at Chambersburg. So like, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited to get back in this area. So right now, that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to figure out some some things. Um, Leah and I will be going to the Atlanta Classic in um, in a couple weeks. And yeah, so after that, yeah. Awesome, man. Long, long <clears throat> course season's off. I mean, we have we have a meet next weekend. We're hosting a meet next weekend out of our facility. So um, yeah, we're just jumping right into it. And I'm excited to see what that's that, that's going to be like. It looks like it's going to be a pretty big meet. Um, it's called our main melee. Um, what about you? What do you got going on? When's your first long course meet? 
we are going long. We're going down to Charlotte. Chuck Bachelor and Swim Mac Carolina are, are hosting a meet called the Martha McKee Open. It's kind of like where the Ultra okay. Swim used to be. Nice. Um, so we're going to go down there. It's future cuts only. So we're going to take some kids down there and just get some good racing in uh, in a couple weeks. And then, um, you know, really targeting futures and summer juniors. Um, those awesome. are going to be our, our focus. And we'll take a group to senior zones out in Buffalo at the end of the summer. That'll be fun. Um, and of course, the age groupers, getting them ready. Uh, Justin just got top 16 at open water. We we're really, really wow. happy with that. And uh, congrats, man. Thanks, man. Open water's been a journey for us because during COVID, we were in Canandaigua Lake with 150 kids every single day in wetsuits that that tier helped us with. And uh, it turned into having kids who love open water. And uh, in about a month, we'll head down to Atlantic City for the Eastern Zone Open Water Champs. Okay. Um, my friend Brian Elko, Egg Harbor, yep. they're hosting yep. it. Uh, he does a great job, super long history of success with his program in open water. So that'll be fun. But um, so appreciative to have you on today, coach. Yeah, thank, and thank you. Andy for Beggs, me, man. Where can great. people get a hold of you on Instagram? How can they get in contact with you if they have questions? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm I'm pretty pretty good at getting back to people on on Instagram. Um, sometimes the like the I don't know how it's filtered. Like if somebody sends me a message, for whatever reason, like some messages are hidden and I have to go in and find them. But and like some, I have to like accept the request or whatnot. But people reach out to me all the time. Most most of the time, people are reaching out from like Europe and other areas of the world, which is so it's so crazy that that we're at this particular moment in time when we can connect with people um you know across the entire globe you know you know through through the sport of swimming so yeah uh my instagram handle is uh at coach underscore beggars i don't know why i came up with that and like it's it's funny because i'll meet people that i've never met before and they'll be like hey coach beggars how's it how's it going i'm like <laughs> what's up <laughs> I'll right. be at a, a clinic and and somebody will be like, I follow you on Instagram and like I'm and and it's it's just a it's a it's been a very cool journey and um with the opportunity to like meet people and connect with people. And my goal is to just, you know, try Leah's Leah's Leah jokes around. She's like, you literally don't have a filter with what you put out there. Like there are some coaches who like, you know, keep their like little black book like to themselves and you can't get any access to their information and their dry land programs and all this stuff. And like I'm like I'll put anything out there. Like Same. I just want to, I want to share it because that's how we get better with the sport. And there's probably some stuff that I put out there. That's crazy and maybe off, off, off the beaten path a little bit, but you know, it's fun. I'm trying to, I, I'm, I'm pretty creative with what the, the things that we do. Um, and uh, yeah. So yeah, Instagram, you can, and uh, that, that's pretty much it. Like I, my Facebook is more personal and I really don't, I don't even use my Facebook that much anymore. It's funny. You mentioned Rutgers. Like I remember when Facebook started when my roommate was like, Hey man, have you heard, heard of this thing? Facebook, you put your picture up there and you say a little bit about yourself. Think you're going to join in. I was like, no, I'm not. And then like a week <laughs> later I was on Facebook and, but uh, yeah, 2004 was a long time ago, man. Long time ago, dude. Wow. Yeah, is it, that's when you graduated, right? So you graduated in two thousand four from Rutgers, or two thousand? No, I I I transferred um, in two thousand three. Okay. Um, and I got to go swim for Bob Clemmer, a famous Philly oh, coach, wow. for a long time. Yeah, and it and that changed my entire life. I was going to be a lawyer, and um, 
I saw how passionate he was about coaching and then the rest is history, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> but listen, man, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And yeah, thank uh, you. Look forward to this episode getting out there. Yeah. Thanks, man.